hello, and welcome to The Coolest Kids, America's number one podcast about emos by emos. I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, joined by your other host... Brock Wilbur! And joined by our guest... Hi, I'm Andy Clare. Andy, who are you? Uh, what do you do? So, Why are you here? Well, I'm here because I, I am a... I have a deep love of Midwest emo, but who I am is, uh, I'm on a few other podcasts. The big one is Friends of the Table. I'm a cast member there. Mm, I know about that show. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also, uh, I'm also an editor over at videogamechooshoo.com. Uh, if you want Good. some silly like video game stuff, maybe like check that, that out. I like that name. Which, which I have enjoyed after, after finding it through your, your bio. With a, with a with a name like that, I was like, "Oh, it's it's time to it's time to find out what this site is." <laughs> yeah, we're we're going through a bit of a um, a soft relaunch right now, but uh, mostly that just means we have a new web host that actually works, as opposed opposed to HostGator, mm. which was the bane of our existence. <laughs> right. Uh, so today, our, uh, I can't talk. I'm so fucking tired. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to be talking about. American football, not just like the first album, but we're gonna sort of dive into that second album too. Um, and when I first found American football, I didn't find American football first. I found like Owen and uh, Cap and Jazz and Owls first, and then I found American football. And I realized that's extremely backwards. Yeah, that's like the reverse of the typical way people find out about AF. Wait, wait, wait. Is, yeah. is, is Owen in this? Is that what you said? Yeah, Mike oh. Kinsella. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Kinsella is... Uh, well, I guess Cap'n Jazz came before American Football, but... Um, yeah, Mike Kinsella is one of the one of the guys from... from or he is, he is Owen, and then he's in, like, 30 other bands. This is, this is uh, from the top. We'll just acknowledge our uh, third episode in a row where uh, Terrence knows the band and Brock does not. Uh, so I, <laughs> I have a lot of new opinions on this. And one of the reasons that Andy is joining us is that Andy is a super fan of the, of the group, or at least uh, gives a shit about this and knows who these people are. And so I'm here to learn. I'm, a, I'm, I'm big into the Kinsella family of products. Yeah, um... I don't even get the joke. That's how far off I am. So, Mike and his brother Tim uh, do a lot of music together, basically. Like a whole a whole lot of music. Yeah, like, uh, uh, it's hard to keep up. Yeah, um... Is this, like, a... a I always come back to this, uh, and it, it, it felt applicable while listening to the first album, especially. There's a, there's a Pitchfork review I read a few years back of, uh, of an early Pavement album... Uh, and it's it was like a modern review that they wrote, looking back on it, and uh, they, they they talk about how uh, Pavement's always referred to as slacker rock, but that the idea there wasn't so much that it, they are technically slackers, they're incredibly proficient, it's just that they like put a song together and record that song and they're done with that song and they move on. Is is mm-hmm. is this proficiency output from from these brothers and 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 that world is is it that sort of thing that they just put out like a ton of stuff all the time or or is this more more cared for uh, material? I think it varies by product project. Yeah, um, like I know Owen uh, is something that he, he has. A, he puts a lot of a lot into. of stuff. Yeah, um, but if you listen to them talk about the early American football stuff, they're just like we don't need, they don't even have the master tracks for that anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, but wasn't it recorded at just like at somebody's house or something like that? I don't rem- I don't know. I don't remember that specifically, but there's a really good episode of Song Exploder that they have them on about one of the mm-hmm. tracks from their original EP and they're like, "Yeah, we didn't keep any of the master tapes because we didn't think anyone was going to care." Like we just <laughs> put this together. make for a bad Song Exploder episode. <laughs> it uh well they had they had them for one of the songs off their demo, their their EP, which is like one of my favorite songs by them, the one with the tambourine. Uh, is mm-hmm. what it's called. And it's a really good episode, mostly because they talk about like the, the styles of music that influenced the sound of that early American football stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like, um, the drummer was really into Bossa Nova beats, uh, which comes <laughs> through on some of the stuff, I think, um, which really helps give them that sort of, like, I don't know, it like, it's hard to make drums <laughs> twinkly, but they somehow managed right. to, if that makes sense. I, I buy that. The, this... I was gonna say this this album like very much stands out, or at least both of the albums kind of stand out uh, amongst emo as it like it has sort of the same feel as a lot of other albums, but like it it stands out. What you're talking about making the drum sound twinkly, like I I it, I noticed it listening to the back to back. Uh, the the first album like doesn't have drums like there's no kick in mm-hmm. there and i i vastly prefer i think this the second lp because there's uh i i have no emotional connection to the first one and the second one sort of the bass and the drums have their own presence and also the the sort of droning guitar sound knows that they can do little stops every once in a while and that keeps my attention a lot more but i i get the twinkly mm-hmm. thing because i watched uh, a full set of them performing at, at pitchfork fest this year uh, before we hopped on the to record and noticed that they have like a full-time dedicated like a xylophone marimba player for the live mm-hmm. shows and i was like oh yeah that's where the twinkliness comes from okay how many like this is like finding out that cursive has full-time cello you're like okay who else is doing this because I, I i like this this separates <laughs> it from the genre right um uh, and the the second album definitely uh some of the songs sound like american football and some of the songs i feel like sound like owen like uh it has a very it has a very Owen with a full band feel to it. Which I, Brock doesn't understand I, that. I, I do actually because when we when we agreed to listen to this, I had in my uh-huh. head confused Owen and American football, which it turns out not a big oh. problem. But when I was when I was listening to this, I was like, "Is this Owen?" Oh, I'm thinking of a different thing. <laughs> and here we are. But it turns out I was wrong about that too. It is actually Owen, and that's what we've done. <laughs> you're very you're you're so close. You didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, expert yeah, research like... without being aware of it. <laughs> I, I, I get to forever sort of associate uh, this whole family of bands uh, with uh, the guy who introduced me to them, who was uh, uh, a guy who lived next door to me in my dorm freshman year of college named Matt Marchese. He's also, uh, I'm sure I'll bring him up again, he's also the guy that introduced me to Bright Eyes because he would sit alone in his room at his computer screaming along to the lyrics and I would come over to make sure he wasn't going to hurt himself. And he's like, you got to listen to Fevers and Mirrors. And I was like, I feel like I don't. I feel like maybe I shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't do that. Like, hey, do you want to check out this cursed image? I I'm not doing anything right now. Let's all <laughs> let's all peer into the void. Uh, and uh, I I I I paid Matt Marchese back uh, in a terrible way because uh, he went out and got uh, after the Postal Service album came out. He went out and got a little MIDI keyboard and uh, like a producing software thing, and he started making his own emo pop music in his room. And one day uh, we locked him out of his room. 
and played his music, which he had set up his speakers to face out the window towards everyone in the quad. So he was always blasting emo at people and they hated it. So we played some of his music into the world for them. And he uh, b- broke into the building and was banging on the door. And it's, it is a thing I kind of regret, but in re- as I retell the story, I'm like, Oh no, he did deserve that actually. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, he, he put his, he put his speakers out of the window. Like, if you're going to inflict yourself on everyone, at least inflict yourself on everyone. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, that's, that story makes me upset. Not because like, Oh, that's a mean thing to do. Just like what, <laughs> which it was. What let's, did, let's agree. A, it is, but it's also like, what did like you, inf- you inflicted, I guess you inflicted him on other people, but he inflicted <laughs> himself, he inflicted himself on other people. Like, selfishly, just be like, man, my taste in music is so good, man. Which, I, I, I gotta say, the worst part wasn't nearly the, as the music so much as the, like, screaming along to Jets to Brazil. Like, or, or Bright Eyes. <laughs> like, it's it's like, that's not, this, is, this isn't recording. This is you letting the world know that you are sad inside 24-7. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I suppose is also what we do on this podcast. Just let everyone know we're sad twenty four seven. Sad inside twenty. We're not That's doing it. New name we're, of not, podcast. we're not doing it on the college campus, though. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> this is our safe Every, space. Everyone, everyone on a college campus is sad inside twenty four seven. I think that might have to. I think that might have to be our first like shirt or something. <laughs> Got to be a crew neck. I've only seen kids wear v-necks um so yeah this um what i want to say i discovered american football probably like 10 years after the, the first album came out like i had never even heard of them um but i had found owen on like some torrent site in like 2008 and it was like anything that came out i think uh what was the thing that uh yeah at home with owen it was, was the first uh first one i heard um and then i just like looked into him and i was just like oh there is just so much here there's, <laughs> there's uh i feel like this is a oh. thing that is 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 indicative of 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 the time that we came up where you get like a whole band's discography as a torrent as your way of introducing yourself mm-hmm. to them. And then when you open the tour and it's like, there's 27 albums, four EPs, some crossover bands. And you're like, you know what? I'll just never listen to any of this. I don't know where to start. No one guides me. <laughs> I don't have time for these 15 splits. Uh, to listen to, so. Andy. Yes. Don't forget about I, I don't have time for splits. That's our t-shirt. <laughs> Uh yeah, that is a very specific sentence. I mean, <laughs> um, that's my full experience like, with AJJ. So <laughs> yeah, I mm, yeah, I had friends who really wanted, really wanted, uh, or really loved Andrew Jackson Jihad, and then I heard heard one of their albums. I was like, hey, I like this album. And then like I went to look up the rest of their stuff. I was like, I don't, I don't have the wherewithal to listen to all of this. Yeah, they're a good band, but also. They're very, very active. Yeah. Uh, my favorite brand is Brand New, who have like five albums, so you can get through that in an afternoon. <laughs> I feel like there could be a whole podcast based just on Mike Kinsella alone. Oh, for sure. Just like... consolidation. <laughs> um, like. <sighs> 
it's so much. Like I'm just looking at the. I'm trying to find like a talking point, and I'm like looking through Mike Kinsella's uh, Wikipedia page, and there's music spanning from 1995 to 2016, and there's like 30 pieces, and I'm just like, where do you? How do you start this? What are you? What is this? What do y'all? What do y'all say? Something I mean, about Ter- this? Terrence, who's your who's your musician that has too much? Is it is it brand new? No, it's definitely Mike Kinsella. Okay, My, mine has always like, been I, Mike Patton I, I, like, for a similar reasons. Just like, oh, here's somebody that just exists as a side project to a side project. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Patton, who you'll know from the video game, The, the Darkness. Darkness. Uh, have you ever off topic? Which is another. There should just be a whole segment of this show. Have you ever seen him doing the vocal, like doing the voice recording for uh, the darkness? Because that's real embarrassing to oh, watch. <laughs> he he he. A few years earlier, did an EP, or I guess it's a full album, which is just him like coked up in a hotel room on a four track recorder, just making noises into a mic. <laughs> Uh, which I think uh-huh. probably defines more than one album for him, but it's like torturing G.I. <laughs> okay. Joe in the fires of hell, and it's just all, all these sounds. And so when they announced that he was going to be playing uh, the darkness in the titular darkness, uh, I was uh-huh. like, yeah, that's perfect. But also it means that uh, when we watch the the uh, film Jackie this year, the Jackie Onassis biopic, throughout the entire film, every time somebody said Jackie, I responded quietly by going, Jackie! Because uh, that's all I've taken from the darkness, just Mike Patton saying Jackie repeatedly. It's, it does not fit with this film. Uh, no, no, I, I think it would make the movie a lot better. I haven't seen the movie, Jackie. but I'd be willing to watch it if somebody just every time somebody said Jackie, they just edited in Mike Pal- Mike Patton growling Jackie. I, I hope this is the new meme. In, in the yeah, like, you say Jackie. It has to be Mike Patton. Like, that movie, like, like it's going to be everywhere, and it's going to be terrible, but we have this to do it now. This, this is the new meme, like, replacing everything with B-movie or something? Yeah. <laughs> Replace all Jackies with Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> uh, that's so specific. <laughs> that's what we do um, here. Yeah. Uh, I hate the song Epic by Faith No More. <laughs> I just want to say that because I had to, the first time I ever heard it was on rock band and I was just like, man, uh, that's, that's, uh, this is bad. I hate this. Rock rock band destroyed a lot of things for a lot of people. You shouldn't, you shouldn't base (laughs) your enjoyment of a song on whether or not the drum part is too hard or not. (laughs) No, it's not that it's the vocals. Like it, like Whatever rap rock nonsense that song happens to be, like I can't, I can't do it. You, you mean the croaking that Mike Patton does throughout that whole thing? <laughs> it's like you can touch it, feel it, put it, it, put it, it, put it, it, it. Just, is he supposed to be rapping? He just sounds like an angry this. frog man, like the entire time. <laughs> that was weirdly uh, anti-French. <laughs> uh, I'm Canadian. We have weird relationships with the French here. Yeah. So American football. Yeah. So American football. American football is very good. I still really like this album just because it stands out so much from the pack of of like bands that were popular of this era. We like do not listen and... to stuff like this. No. <laughs> no. Um like it it doesn't sound like a, a lot of bands kind of 
sounds similar from the area. Like you can listen to like the Promise Ring and Get Up Kids and Braid and stuff like that. And it starts to they sound similar. You can tell the difference between, them, but they sound similar. But uh, American football has this softness to it that isn't it. Nobody else really did. Um, it, it's very gentle. Like like it is a type of music that you can just kind of put on and chill out to, as opposed to like yeah the more math rocky evolution of uh, Midwest emo that's kind of become what modern stuff is with it. Right. Um, which yeah, I and still Andy, really like. Andy, is your fascination with Midwest uh, music, have you always been Canadian or did you grow up in the Midwest or? No, the reason that I, the only reason why I keep mentioning that Midwest emo is because there's no other real way to define the genre of weird, like mm-hmm. emo. Um, I've just always <laughs> been into it because I'm really into the, um, like arpeggiated stuff that they do with it. Um, totally. Like, <laughs> But, like, nowadays, it's, like, this insane, like, if you listen to Tiny Moving Parts at all, like, who were, like, kind of, like, my standard of, like, these, this is, like, what Midwest emo is in 2017. Their mm. lead guitarist, who is also somehow able to sing at the same time as doing the things he does, is just <laughs> this insane, like, um, hammer-on guitar player and stuff. Fantastic. Is, like, it's great, but it's also, like, it's... It's really different, in my opinion, to what American football did, which was this, like, sort of chill, almost jazz, like, they, like, uh, like I mentioned it with the drums, there's, like, almost, like, a jazz element to it. Yeah. Um, I, I was surprised when I got into this, I was, when I started the first album, I was like, oh, you two motherfuckers tricked me into uh, a jam album. You've, you've made, you've made <laughs> me do a thing. Uh, and then, I, I guess, uh, the closest I have to this, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the band Dredge? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I never listened to them, but it, I, it, it, they were, I, I think I saw them open for Sparta, which is why it's, it it borders on the emo. I was like, oh, this is like this jazz influenced thing, and especially those open uh, drone chord things. Especially the first album is nothing but that, and I was like, this is so mm-hmm. chill. And I, I, I see that same thing as what Andy was just saying, uh, and and they got it right. Uh, like this is. This is like uh, if you if you looked into the void and saw yourself doing math rock and then just took a step back. You're like, we don't, we needn't do that. We can just uh... and the, and 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 I felt that when watching their like live concert stuff, I was like, this seems like maybe the easiest band to be in. Like it's it's very clear that everyone here is a very good musician, but like they're just giving it like half, and that's what the music requires. And I I don't remember the last time I listened to or watched a band that that wasn't jumping off of speakers or screaming with everything that they had. I was like, this feels good. I actually feel I feel better for having listened to these albums today. Yeah, I was listening to I listened to the first one last week, and I listened to LP two this week, and like uh, it 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 kind of feels like it just glides through like. There, there doesn't seem like like the start point and end point all feel like one song kind of, but not in a bad way. Like it's like you said, it's all very relaxing and chill. Um, like like I, at no point did I feel like man, this is going on for too long or anything like that. Right. Yeah, it feels like um, one cohesive like like they made their album one cohesive experience. Yes, yeah. it feels like especially with the first one. Um, which is something I'm always a huge fan of because I'm like I want to put on a full album and listen to this album all the way through while I'm doing stuff, and then I'm like I'm not someone who really jumps into like individual songs, right? Um, yeah, me neither. So I really like that about AF. Um, it's just like fluidity in this type of music is 
I remember the first time I heard that sort of thing. Like, I got into American football around, like, 2011. Um, but the mm-hmm. first time I heard something like this was uh, the Hold On No Youngster by Los Campesinos. Yes. Where they did that yes. thing where they basically <laughs> made every song work into the next one at the very end. And I was, like, I was like 13 when I heard that, and it blew my fucking mind. Um, because, to me, music just didn't do that, really. Um, but also, I was, like, a 13-year-old who didn't really listen to full albums yet. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody and, on the Los Campesinos uh, Facebook page the other day, I was sent a screen grab of this. A person I do not know posted like, "Hey, just want to let you know, if it wasn't for your first album and the stand-up shows of Brock Wilbur, I wouldn't still be here." And I was like, "This is the weirdest way way <laughs> for me to receive this information, stranger." Like, uh, uh, yeah, me and that Los Campesinos album are basically the same thing. I'm the comedy version of that. I would hope. <laughs> a really high compliment it really is unless that person sucks (laughs) (laughs) yeah right uh can you just put the comedy version of los campesinos in your uh twitter profile god damn it probably and andy i cut you off you were explaining something (laughs) uh no i i I think i just made a noise i'd do that okay Um, it, well, so once we get more than two people on on a thing, I feel I feel like everything is. This is also my first time using Discord, and you're, there's little green circles that appear around your icons every time somebody makes a breath, and I'm I worry that yep, there it goes. Andy, Andy, stop it! It's giving me a panic attack. <laughs> Andy, stop breathing! Oh my god! I'm trying um, to be bol- polite. Stop breathing. Okay, I did it as long as I could. I held my breath. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so have you guys like do you guys know of any other bands that kind of sound like this because i can name some um uh, like i've always really like uh this town needs guns yeah this town needs guns and, uh, is definitely look- one of them uh there's a band called pretend that i really like mm-hmm. that they're a little more instrumental focused and they're more mm-hmm. they're a little more intricate but they have that same sort of mellow feeling um yeah they're they're on i i would put them more on the rocky end of the spectrum just because they have that mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. not in terms of like sound but in terms of like the mentality they have towards some of their songs where they've had like i think on their latest album they have, it's three songs but one of them's 20 minutes long mm-hmm. is that sort of thing um yeah i understand the other i've listened to math rock i, I think that with their in a weird way with the new american football release they've kind of influenced a lot of newer bands again um mm-hmm like not fully, but like there's a lot of bands I see taking influence from their style. Um, another one that I really have been digging lately is Mom Jeans as a band that uh, they're kind of just starting out, but they have that sort of uh-huh. same twinkly guitar lines that um, aren't super intricate but are kind of chill. Mm-hmm. Um, for mm-hmm. at least like a few other songs, I wouldn't say they're a full like American football inspired thing. Um, but right. And I was thinking of like Mike Kinsella has another band, uh, There, 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 with the guy from Into It Over It, mm-hmm. and uh, you can st- you can definitely like everything that Mike Kinsella touches definitely has, or even um, his brother Tim, uh, like they, everything they touch, like all kind of has of their feeling to it, like yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not even sure how to describe it because it only ever seems to come from those two. Uh, it's it's like this, not too loud, not too soft. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean though. Like it's that sort yeah. of um, like 
perfect in between that they managed right. to get. Like uh, like Matt Pryor from uh, the Get Up Kids, he has he has like a few other. He has like the new Amsterdam's and he has his own solo project. And like when he does stuff, it's like even when he's singing like folk music, it's still kind of loud. But like when you listen to anything by any Kinsella, uh, it's just like this. Like even stuff like Cap and Jazz, where it's loud and fast, it's not as harsh sounding or i don't i don't know like uh they did they did a cover of uh they did like this emo punk cover of um take on me i think yeah it was take on me and like it still sort of sounds like them it's weird it's I, like i don't know how to describe their their aesthetic but um it's it's nice like anything <laughs> that i hear from them Anything that I hear from them, I'm not just like, oh, this sucks. It's just like, I can listen to this. Like, it doesn't have to be the best thing, but it's just like, this is, I like this. This is good. Yeah, speaking of that, that just reminded me that uh, Mike Kinsella actually did like a whole cover album. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think he literally, did, yeah, he just called it Other People's Songs, but there's a really good against me cover <laughs> on there that still manages to sound like both got elements of the original but still like oh no this is, you listen to it and you're like oh yeah that's a Kinsella I can I spotted <laughs> right. the Kinsella he's right there yeah <laughs> that's yeah. a Kinsella um, oh yeah. maybe that's our shirt <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a um, I think it was an EP he did or something like that where he did uh, where he did uh, more than words that extreme song and uh I don't know, that song's already kind of bad in the first place, um, but it makes it more like it makes it more listenable because he like he has a he has a soothing voice almost like it's not uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that he sings soothingly or he does sing soothingly but his voice isn't if that makes any amount of sense he's got like it's more clear in the original American Football release but uh, like he because he's definitely refined it over time but his voice mm-hmm. is very like. It's got that sort of, like, trademark emo rawness, but in a way that doesn't feel super aggressive, I'd right. say. Yeah. Um, particularly in the first album. Uh, the, sec- the second album, definitely, you can tell, like, oh, yeah, this dude has been doing this now for over 20 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, looking back and, like, or not even looking back because I, I didn't even know about this album when it came out, which I'm kind of surprised because like this definitely seemed like something I would have listened to <clears throat> back when I was like 13. But um, it's uh, I, I lost my train of thought. What was I even talking about? This was this was a good uh, day for you to talk about American football. Yeah, like <laughs> I I've been up since 4:30 this morning, and like I just kept forgetting stuff at work, and I, like. Like, you, like, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do a podcast today. And then, like, every 30 minutes, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do a podcast today. Like, right, so you want to talk about American football? I like music. I, I talk about music. I got to be honest. Every, every time somebody brings up American football as we were playing this, I I actively thought that American football might be uh, the band behind the song, uh, Do You Like American Football? Which is not a song that's Do You Like American Music by the Violent Femmes. I've just always thought that that was one of their songs. So I was so far off. I'm, gonna name, I'm working on a demo tape right now and I'm going to name one of my songs Do You Like American Football? Thank 
Americans, bro. Because <laughs> that's basically all I'm doing is ripping off American football. <laughs> I mean, it's not a it's not a bad band to rip oh, off. Sure. I will say though, I'm not gonna do what they do on the first album, which I don't know if you guys um, have really like looked at any of the sheet music that they have for this or like tabs or anything for this stuff. But like every mm-hmm. fucking song is in a different tuning. It seems like for them. That's what you have to do if you're doing drone chords. Yeah, well, that's the thing yeah, is, like they did, like they talk about this on the Sonic Exploder episode I mentioned earlier. Where like they had no idea what the fuck they were doing, and that's <laughs> yeah. why I think I, I like that first album so much is because all the weird, cool shit comes out of them just being super inexperienced, right? Um, but also makes it a wow. nightmare when I'm like, oh yeah, I want to play Nevermint. Oh no, now I want to play Honestly, so I have to retune my entire fucking guitar, <laughs> right? <laughs> Do they like? Do they ever play live shows? Because they like. I think. I think from what I remember, because they were on an episode of um, of Comedy Bang Bang, and uh, I think they said they released the album and never played any live shows or something like that. I don't think they did until after it got like the following because they released that when they were yeah. in like, college and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then like broke up like right after it released. Oh, so they're, that's why they took 14 years between albums. I didn't know yet. Yeah, yeah. They, like, <laughs> like the whole history of them is like, oh, yeah, we made this album, and we didn't really, it was nice, we didn't really expect it to do traction, so we kind of dropped it, and then it became this cult thing that influenced the entire subgenre of, a sub, of, a, of emo, and they were like, well, maybe we should try this again sometime, guys. <laughs> I know we all split off and did uh, did a million projects. Um, but the other two members both looked pointedly at Mike when they said that. And even their different projects sound so different from, from this. Like, uh, Joan of Arc definitely is like a... Like, I, don't, I don't know how you explain Joan of Arc to like a normal person. That is just like, I listen to songs on the radio. It's like, well, Joan of Arc is like this uh, nonsense that happens on yeah, on, on records. Um, I mean, yeah, you could also describe Captain Jazz as that. Yeah, like, <laughs> Captain Jazz is like loud nonsense. Captain Jazz uh, is fucking total bullshit. Yeah, it is, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> like, it's super fun bullshit, but it's also total bullshit. Uh, I'm trying to think. Am I getting Joan of Arc and Owls mixed up? Because both of them are... I, I'll admit, I haven't and listened to of... too much Joan of Arc. So one of... <clears throat> they have... There's a lot of Joan of Arc, and I've only heard, like, three of their albums. Um, but uh, they are... Like, it's either Joan of Arc or Owls, and... The, one of them is weirder than the other, but both of them are really weird. Terrence, is it owls that I'm thinking of, or is it your nieces that I that is in the background playing? <laughs> those are those are my nieces. Uh, it is currently daylight outside, and I do not think the owls are awake. Your your nieces are my favorite guests on this show now. <laughs> just just yelling <laughs> in the background for whatever reason. That's that's what emo is. <laughs> Yeah, just yelling in the background for whatever reason. Yeah, you can hear them. They're just going at it. You've got two vocalists. Um, this is perfect. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're, you're like the, uh, the blood brothers of talking. 
Uh, I hate that sentence. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh, I forgot they they had a they had an instrumental band uh, that Mike Kinsella was in, uh, or no, Tim Kinsella was in was uh, Ghosts and Vodka, which is also a good band that you should check out. I think they only had one album though. Um, oh no, they had. Uh, 15 albums and 22 uh, splits. Weird. They had two, <laughs> oh, they had two albums and an EP. <laughs> yeah, that's like looking at Joan of Arc. I'm just like, Joan of Arc only had like three albums. And it's just like, no, there's one. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Joan of Arc has 23 studio albums. Yeah. In 10 years. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like so. prolific is an understatement when it comes to this fucking way of, <laughs> of, of, of music. Like, uh... <laughs> also, like, have, yeah, Captain I... Jazz is back too. Like, they played, they played shows this year. <laughs> really? Yeah, they played a um, Fuck uh, FF, I think. Weird. Yeah. It does definitely says on this Wikipedia page, 2017. I think there's also I think my nephew too, is also yeah. in that mix of <laughs> I think my nephew is also in that mix of uh, everyone's yelling right now. Um, oh no, it's a side is, project. This is, this is <laughs> my nephew's yelling right now. Uh, um, <laughs> I can't even, like I lost my train of thought again. Uh, God. <laughs> Everything like there's two things happening at once, and my brain's just like you can focus on none of them. <laughs> the the best part is knowing that you're just creating a lot of edit points for yourself later, where there's just this oh, dead air. No, no, not at all. There is uh, there is no edit points. I'm gonna leave it all in right now. Like I have my desktop to to cycle through different uh, wallpapers, and Mario is just staring at me right now. You, I worry you need a nap. <laughs> My brain, my brain is dying. <laughs> uh, Andy, what's what's your what's your history with music? Um, I mean specifically emo or just in general. Yeah, in general is good. Tie right. it in. <laughs> Let's see, like, where did where did you get like what was the first album you listened to where you were just like, or like the first band you listened to? You're just like, yeah, music. Like, um, I enjoy this stuff. It might have been that Lost Camp of Finope album, honestly. Um. Mm-hmm. Before that, actually, no. Uh, you know what it probably was, um, not under the cork tree, but I think it was <laughs> self-titled that came before that. The album before, yes. That. Uh, um, is it self-titled? I don't know. Take, if it's self-titled. I think it's "Take This to Your Grave." Yeah, "Take This yeah. to Your Grave." That was the first album where I was like, "Oh, I want to learn how to play guitar." Is that the one mm-hmm. with the Grand Theft Summer? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah Grand Theft Autumn, I think. Is, is what it's called. Autumn. Yeah, Grand Theft Autumn. Yeah, because it's a pun. The pun, Brock. Good God. <laughs> uh, that fa- that I really like that second Fall Out Boy album. Fall Out Boy, like, uh, were pretty good up until. Um... I I really hate uh, this ain't a scene. I hate that song. This ain't a scene is not a good lot. song, but that album's alright. Um, okay, I never I listened to it just because I hated that. Yeah, song so that album. This ain't a scene's really fucking annoying, and is like very much just like fucking stomp your feet and clap your hands song by Nico <laughs> Yeah. But um I think I, I, well, I feel it's like it's not a scene, it's an arms race. Oh, oh, shut up. You shut up. 
And I, I thought Infinity on High was an alright album, but then they kind of lost the plot with their stuff after that. Yeah, like, what was the last one that came out? American Psycho? American, American Beauty, American Psycho, and Oh God, Oh No, they're doing an album in 2018. <laughs> wait, like, wait, is I that the actual title? That... I don't know. No, it's called <laughs> I, Mania. I fully but, believe it. It's called Mania, but that's what it induces in me when I see that Fallout Boy's got a new <laughs> album. I can see where the like, parentheses are in that title. Yeah. Look, when I just heard the title, the uh, American Beauty, American Psych, I was just like, all right, we get it. Like, yeah. Around the Grand Theft uh, Autumn time, like, I was in Chicago, and they just, uh, they would just show up and open for bands they had no business opening for. Like, not Melt Banana, <laughs> but, like, on par with that. Jesus. And just like... And like I got the I got to see them boot off stage a lot, and that really endeared a love of of them and me. I was like, these guys are trying to 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 maroon five their way into the world, uh, and they are doing it in all the wrong <laughs> venues. But they're just working as hard as they can. And I remember loving that album because of that. And then when they became, uh, like I ran into them a couple of years ago, they were doing a free concert on the on one of the piers out in San Francisco, and it was just like screaming teenage girls and my wife and i like were buying cheese at the pier mm-hmm. and i was like hey free fallout boy concert i was like we needn't we need not attend <laughs> it's fine they they're playing yeah, they're playing on a boat other. i'm fine <laughs> God. right that's definitely pete wentz's idea Being on that oh yeah boat. uh do you remember this is uh after from under the cork tree and like fueled by ramen was a big thing oh, boy. uh <clears throat> i had i don't think i actually I had somehow got on their mailing list, like their email mailing list, right. and like Pete Wentz had put his. There was a picture of Pete Wentz, like, and his dick out, and like that was in the that was in the newsletter, and I was just like, "Wait, what? What? Uh, okay, you, yeah, this is like I knew that leaked, like, but I didn't realize I was in the fucking newsletter. no. I I like I don't know if I don't know if he sent it or like somebody hacked into it and sent it, but it was definitely like, oh, Gmail new email. Hey, that's Pete Wentz's dick, and he's like standing in front of a mirror. That's cool. What? Yeah. Uh, this is like 2004. This is MySpace era. Um. Yeah. Jesus. What a fucking so disaster, fans. Yeah, anyway, like, that's how I got into music. Oh my god, Pete! I'm so Pete sorry. Wentz's dick got, Pete Wentz's dick got me into music. Pete Wentz's dick made me emo. there's our shirt there's our shirt (laughs) andy will pay you residuals Uh, on that i mean that just that just sounds that just sounds like a a a shirt that pete wentz would sell yeah they've given us a great idea thank you andy i'm sorry very well (laughs) the the art here is gonna be awful (laughs) i will say though like Um, i didn't really get super like I, i listened to like Fueled by ramen milieu of stuff, but I didn't really get deep mm-hmm. into emo until like 2012 or so. Um, mm-hmm. like I, I listened to American Football around 2011, and that kind of like got me into it. But really, what got me into it was shit like um, Right to Spring, and uh, <laughs> like really. So you started early. from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I started with like really early because I got really so my music like print like journey is really weird, where it's like super scene kid emo, which I'm like uh-huh. still into in a, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, and then I went to like Bell and Sebastian acoustic jangly stuff. I went to ska. <laughs> I did that. Uh, real uh, deep into ska, and then real deep into just like punk, and then that sort of is kind of that merged with the like, like I got into like uh, Minor Threat, and then jumped to Fugazi, mm-hmm. which jumped to Right to Spring, 
and the rest is history. I uh, yeah. It took me years <laughs> after I found Cursive to finally listen to my first Fugazi album, and I was like, oh, I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I've I was, never I, listened to Fugazi. I was actually, well, the, the, I mean, in the early EPs and stuff, they make jokes about being a, a ripoff of Fugazi, and then I was with Cursive at a show in L.A., and some guy was coming up to them and was like, you guys sound just like Fugazi, and their bass player was like, sure, that's a compliment. Okay, we're all drinking, this is fine. <laughs> and like that night I went home and I was like, I, I nodded along like an asshole when that guy said that. Let me listen. I was like, oh, this, uh-huh. these bands sound identical. Whoops. Okay. I get it now. <laughs> I should have done my homework before uh, doing this. <laughs> we just yeah. saw Bell and Sebastian at the uh, Hollywood Bowl a couple of weeks ago and Spoon opened for them. So when Spoon okay. was done playing, the Hollywood Bowl left. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that's a fucking duo right there. Because, like, Spoon went out and did all their new electro rock stuff and, like, brought the house down. And then uh, Bell and Sebastian came out and, like, just, like, a violin and a flute. And he was like, who wants to dance? Uh, and no one took him up on that. He's like, well, we'll dance later then, I guess. And I was like, I think we'll be the judges of that. I don't think you're in charge of who dances here. <laughs> I also had a very, like, uh, twee pop uh phase and like i guess when i first started working six years ago when i first started working at starbucks um i guess that makes a lot of sense because starbucks at the time like the music they played was very uh uh, they play a lot of bell and sebastian like during the during the uh as soon as fall rolls around it's just like the new playlist comes out and it's just like here's 20 bell and sebastian songs um i i do have to say i i appreciate that uh i I have not liked calm, chill music at any point in my life until like this year. And so listening to this American football album, I was like, I'm going to listen to so much of this fucking debut album now because uh, it makes me <laughs> just calm down a bit. And 2017 is when I, I apparently both a need it and finally appreciate that. It's mm-hmm. fucking therapeutic, honestly. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a, uh therapeutic is the word i would go with also too uh so i got i got sidetracked when we were talking about fueled by ramen and i'm looking at bands that were that are on it and were it's sparse uh, now it's yeah there's like 12 bands on it right now the only band i kind of listen to on here is front bottoms and even then that's like now and then yeah uh one of the bands that were on this this record label was Sublime with Rome. Huh. Like the Sublime the Sublime that resurrected with a some guy named Rome instead of like changing the band's name or just continuing. Is that the, the guy Sublime. from Snot? You you got me. Um <laughs> Go Wiki go. Uh no. From uh, the Dirty Heads, apparently. Uh, he also worked extensively with Enrique Iglesias on his 10th studio album. Huh. Yeah, I've, Rome Ramirez, I've never fucking heard of him outside of... Yeah, I just, I just remember, I remember seeing this area that I live in, this horrible beach area. Uh, Sublime is a big band out here because it's that like sh- shitty white guy reggae sounding stuff, um, and like I just remember seeing like on one of the uh, local concert venue, it was like Sublime with Rome, and I'm like, who the 
fuck is Rome? And why is Sublime touring again? <laughs> I, I appreciate your, your terrible beach town. It's... Uh, come here for the all the white guy reggae and pop punk bands that you could shake a stick at. Do, do, do you know in LA how often you have to hear a date rape on the radio? It's it's frequently. Haven't like even the band Sublime been like, yeah, that song's bad. I do not know. I would have to follow really, Sublime to find out about this. <laughs> I remember hearing something about that. I would look it up, but that would require me to type date rape into yeah, Google. For sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> My God, this is this has become dark. Oh, well, you know, uh, that's this has become dark as the name of the show. Um, <laughs> so, Andy, uh, where can we find you online on the internet? Um, it's pretty much just uh, my Twitter is Captain Thrash. Um, some people think it's a Captain Jazz <laughs> reference. It's super not, but I'm gonna take it. Um, oh my the, god! It's a it's Captain a it's trash. a reference to a really bad Archie comic where Jughead uh, went punk. And, oh yeah! yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite dumb bits of Americana. Uh, and you can also <laughs> find me on Friends of the Table, which is at friendsofthetable.net or at videogamechoochoo.com. So and Friends of the Table just started a new season yeah. We've been going uh, a couple months with our new season now, so that's a pretty solid jumping on point. If so I, I start a new job in a few weeks where I get to sit and listen to music all day or podcasts, so I will finally be able to listen to Friends of the Table. I'm very excited. I hope you like it, man. Because uh, i also also friends with uh, Keith Carberry, oh, yeah. and he talks about it a lot. Uh, so, Well, uh, me and Keith are on it. the same group in the current campaign. There you go. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um... <laughs> Brock, what do you what do you have? What do you have going on? Uh, my wife and I have a new podcast that'll probably be out by the time this uh, releases uh, called uh, Missouri Loves Company. Uh, it's mm-hmm. about our move to Kansas City and uh, getting involved in politics out here, and also uh, being married and making a move to Kansas City. Really fucking good podcast name. Thank you. <laughs> he texted me. He t- it was like I want to say it was like eleven o'clock at night or something like that. He was like, "How does, how does Missouri Missouri Loves Company sound?" I was like, it sounds like something you would you would come up with. So that was your response. So (laughs) you you you, our friendship has an appropriate level of tolerance. (laughs) The the Terrence tolerance point is uh, is appropriately mid range. (laughs) I love everything that Brock sends me, and I have to respond with disapproval (laughs) to him, or or I feel like it would go too much. Yeah, it's it's good that you keep me at arm's distance and across the country. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's more like half halfway across the country now. Yeah. So. Oh, that that, that was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have anything going on right now besides the show and other stuff. I don't know. Go to my Twitter. I'm tired. Buzz, Buzzfeed has killed my entire week. Uh, I can't oh, deal with this. Yeah. I saw that. Fuck that website. You can ask before you use people's tweets. That would have been before too. It's a pain in the ass. And you can't like you can't just be like uh, th- like people shout. They're just like it's on the internet and it's free. I was just like I'll fucking free your face from the rest of your body, idiot. Well, that's the sound of somebody that needs a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, as always, well, 
uh, Andy, thank you for stopping by and uh, talking about American football. Finally, nice to talk. Thank you for agreeing to do this and to help uh, guide us on our American journey. If you ever need someone to talk about jangly guitars, <laughs> you just you know where to find me. <laughs> just look to the stars. <laughs> I'll be up there talking about some fucking band nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> That's how I feel like when, uh, like the last couple of weeks when I've been uh, suggesting stuff to Brock, he's like, I haven't heard that band, but I'll listen to it. I'm just like, I'm going to lead him. Like, I just don't know what to do. I don't, like, I, I want to have, I want to have a connection on the episodes, but I'm just like, I really like this band. You should, we should do this episode. He's like, I don't know what this band is. I'm just like, I hope he doesn't hate it. So we don't spend the episode being like, I'm doing the like, research now. So it's not just silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, as always we are the coolest kids and we take what we can get thank you guys for listening <laughs>